Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 267, I delve into the powerful impact of story with Susan Rooney-Harding, director of The Story Catchers. Susan explains how their evidence-based mythology harnesses stories for purpose to measure social impact in monitoring, evaluation and project reporting. Through story, they are able to humanise evaluation data, empowering decision makers to see real-life impact beyond participation numbers and other standard metrics. Susan shares tips and insights on how to utilise stories to enhance positive social impact. This is is Susan's version of Be The Drop. Have you ever heard of brand storytelling but have no idea where to start when it comes to implementing it into your business? Sign up for our free Storytelling for Business email program. We give you the tools to develop strong brand messaging, grab your customers' attention and how to create a positive sales experience. Register for our free email program to learn how to engage your audience and turn them into customers via narrativemarketing.com.au slash storytelling for business or access the link via the show notes. Susan, thank you so much for joining me for our next episode of Be The Drop. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited because you are a passionate storyteller, have been working and telling stories for a a long time. You've got some great stories, which people can check out on your website at storycatchers.com.au. But to get us started, I wondered if you could tell us, give us an insight into why story, why is this passion, what is it about it that makes Susan tick? Well, that's an awesome question. So I started the Story Catchers uh, nearly a decade ago now and I really, I had just finished working for the ABC and I really wanted, and I was an ABC Open producer and, you know, I was in regional South Australia helping helping the community to be able to tell their stories in their own ways and to be able to actually broadcast those on several platforms across the ABC. And I really understood the power of story. We were coming to the end of a really long drought up in the Riverland. I was up in the Riverland and it was a long drought. There was a lot of trauma in the community and and I really got a sense of how therapeutic it was for people to be able to have a space to share their stories. And so when I actually left and came back to Adelaide, I really knew I wanted to use story for something greater than just story for story's sake. So to, you know, cut a long story short, I created the Story Catchers and one of my first clients I I worked with was the Indigenous Lands Corporation and I was working with a lady there who really encouraged me to look at story as an evaluation tool. And so we started going about how to create, how could we actually create using story and narrative data within an evaluation process and she'd done some work in that space before and so we really sort of built this thing together and then um, yeah so I went about actually creating a process that we could use narrative data as a tool to be able to evaluate programs so that whole thing of using story for purpose you know like I had a really deep understanding that 
story was not being used to its greatest capacity, you know. We love numbers. We love numbers. We love to know how many people did a program or, you know, how many people got this out of a program or whatever. But what about what people actually got out of that program? What happened for them? You know, a number's not going to tell you that somebody got a job out of that program and because they got a job they – and this is actually a real story, you know, like a story that I caught. We were doing an evaluation on a program up in the APY lands. This young fella, and because he was a traditional man, he thought, well, actually, because I – and he, the job that he got was in the local school, was an AE, an Aboriginal education um, worker. And – because he was a traditional man, he thought, oh, like, I'm going to introduce a program into the schools and if these young fellas, they come to school every every day, I'm going to take them out hunting as a reward on Friday nights, right? And so, like, from him getting his licence, he got a job. He, he introduced a program into the schools. He got the attendance up of the young fellas coming to school. He introduced a program, a hunting program, which is introducing culture back into their lives, right? And... This is all from getting a licence. Well, how's a number going to tell you that? It's not. And so, you know, there's so – it's so rich as a – and that, I'm not saying that we don't use the numbers. We actually combine the numbers with the stories. And so all of a sudden you've got this really beautiful, rich evaluation that is just so much more than just a, a percentage or a, a data number. It actually brings it to life. These are people having, you know – having an experience of a program. And it makes sense, such sense, you know, in the programs you're talking about that have funding that may come from a federal group that's based out of Canberra that couldn't be further away from the APY lands as far as understanding, and not through any fault of their own, through just lived ex- differences in lived experience, space, distance, <laughs> and you, you just you can't know what you don't know and the numbers aren't going to paint that picture so what an incredibly powerful tool you know I know that when I was working in Broken Hill and Menindee and Wilcannia and programs would be gotten rid of because the government changed not because of what was happening on the ground they could actually be great and the community loved them and then they were taken away because it was a changing government and they wanted to rename it or rebadge it or whatever it was hopefully that sort of data in story and impact on people humanizes those numbers enough mm. to ensure that as you say there's the the gap in action is there yeah absolutely and like we don't just analyze it either that's the first part of the analytical process we then actually create I then create a whole heap of documentaries that we run workshops within you know the service provision people so we often run workshops in the city but we run workshops in in the lands as well where the places are that we are that those those programs are running and the community actually unpack the documentaries so we have a whole process of analytical a whole analytical process, which is like we are the first people that do the analysing. It then gets to the community and they do the analysing and then it goes to the service providers. You know, in those 10 years that you've been catching stories and analysing narrative data and providing this, the externally there's been a shift in stories, you know, story marketing, brand storytelling, even since the time I've, I've been running narrative marketing, which was 
2015, I've seen that shift. You know, really seen that people are paying attention and understanding. You know, there seems to be, to, from my experience, I'm interested if this has been yours, whether there seems to be a greater understanding of story as a tool. Our first language we ever learned was story, right? That's the first thing. That's how we learned to be in this world. You know, our mother and father didn't, they told us stories so we could learn how to not hurt ourselves or how to be kind or, you know, whatever that is. You know, they taught, they taught us story. They told us stories. And so it's the way that we learnt. It's the way we express ourselves as well. And so I think that we're starting to remember that. We're starting to remember how powerful story is. You know, and there's been a few pivotal sorts of people and, and programs out there or events out there like TED Talks and all of those sorts of things that have really promoted the story, you know, that have moved away just from the traditional sort of hero's journey Beginning, middle, filmed, end. Yeah. yeah, type of thing, you know. like Because I, I think that, you know, as we look at that, you, you mentioned before the changes that are required in our education system and I think that stories were seen as something that was used in primary school as an educational tool. But then you needed to move on to rote learning and, you know, basic, you know, yeah. that was education. So story got seen in that sort of primary, early understanding not something that actually has power throughout adulthood necessarily more as a tool we use to teach our children rather than something that is so incredibly powerful as adults as a learning guiding building you know knowledge growth tool which is what you know you and I know it to be and many people now know it to be I think the number of those people is growing psychologists know it to be <laughs> like, it is. And so I think we're starting to see more of that shift in this new and in, in the birth that you talk about, story will be central. Absolutely. Story is, cent- uh, like, is central and essential to birthing this new story, whatever this new story is going to be, right? And, you know, there's a, an author that I follow a lot called Charles Eisenstein and he talks about, you know, the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible. You know, that is the new story, right? But we have to actually story that into being. <laughs> like, we actually have to story it into being. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What is it? You know, and a story does that. It conjures all of those things up, those feelings, those, you know. And I don't like the word manifestation because it seems like this personal development thing that, you know, like we can manifest anything type of thing. But story is a tool to be able to create what we want or story is a tool that we can actually express what we've created. You know, story is a tool that we can learn about who we are and how we want our world to be. And I look at our world out there at the moment, I don't really want it to be like that. And I know it can be so much more than that. I think you summarised that so well then because story is you know we can tell the story of the world that we want it to be and then that helps us shape it in that way and you know having gone through some personal development over the last few years you know I've really worked with that 
the idea of your personal narrative, you, the stories you tell yourself, the stories that are in your head, how you feel about you, how you feel about your position and place in the world is the story you'll live. So shift that, change it, and that's how you'll live. And then we can push that outside of ourselves and how we interconnect with others, how we connect with the world and place and country. So that's a huge amount of power. Like it excites me, it thrills me. Yeah, I hope we can do that. So, so yeah, likewise, likewise. So how can we actually, you know, going back to the story catchers, how can we look at programs and actually know where they're supposed to be going if we're not telling the stories of them? And we, or indeed, we're telling of the stories of them from a third person, not from the person that is experiencing those programs, experiencing those events. Because they're the people that hold the knowledge about those programs and those events or whatever. It's not the person on the side telling the story, right? It's the people that it's experiencing that because that's where the power is to, to change that. Like my experience of birthing something and, you know, giving birth to a child. Like I'll tell that story a lot more better than somebody like the midwife standing on the side <laughs> watching me give birth, right? I'll be able to express what that story is a lot better than somebody standing on the side. Mm, absolutely. And I had a question there and it just disappeared. That's annoying because then I got distracted remembering my birthing stories. <laughs> so if we're looking at how we're telling those stories, not everyone necessarily always understands and sees in elements of stories. So how would you, you know, how would you describe or help if somebody's going, I, I love what she's talking about. I love what she's saying there. I, I want to somehow use that, you know, maybe they've got their own programs that they're running or, you know, telling the story of what they're doing. They have a purpose and they're trying to do that. What are some of those core elements that you think are really critical in storytelling? How could someone go, yeah, okay, I want to try that. Where would they start? How do they tap into this ability? Well, I suppose the first thing is that you've, you've got to know what you want to know right or what you want to find out that's the first thing you know what is that what is it that you're wanting to find out and why are you wanting to find that out and then that will actually frame all of the questions that you need to ask you know of the participants or the and that's not even the participants it could be the people anybody that's involved in the program whether that's the people the end users or the people that are delivering it or who Whoever is involved in that program, the funders, you know, that we've all got different stories, that different lenses that we're seeing this program through, right, or this thing through. So trying to find out what you're wanting to find out and why you want to find it out, I think they're the two biggest elements, you know. And then it's like catching the stories, you know. Well, first of all, you've got to make a list of questions. You know, it's hard to evaluate your own programs you actually really have to probably source somebody else to evaluate those programs to make it, kosher is not the right word, but to... Independent. For, yeah, independent and an effective evaluation. So you have to really employ somebody else. But, you know, like our processes are, like I have a monitoring and evaluation specialist that works with me and sometimes two, and we have a, 
initial meeting, we find out what they're wanting to find out, why they're wanting to find that out, and we then actually go back. My my monitoring and evaluation specialist writes a framework up, and that framework is done in conjunction with our client. And so that looks like a lot of to and froing and get, get, like gathering a lot of information from our client around what they're doing and why they're doing it and their processes. That framework then becomes my storyboard and that storyboard is then used every step of the way for when I'm catching the stories. So I am the videographer and I am the interviewer. So it's just me, it's a one-man team, a one-woman team, I should say. And there's a really good reason for that because it's... I want the camera to fade away. I don't want another person there. It's just about me and that person. And then it comes down to those interviewing skills, right? And you know the importance of interviewing. You've you've been doing interviewing for a long time and it's like how do we capture those really authentic interviews where a person is willing to share with you? And that's a real skill, as I'm sure you're aware. I mean, it's not interviewing can be really challenging sometimes because you have to deeply, deeply listen. So that's another thing too is deeply, deeply listening to somebody. So then from that, that data then comes back to my cutting room, to my editing suite and I edit and I that is the first analytical process and I start editing and pulling out the stories that we're looking at and then they actually get sent off to my M&E specialists and they do a further analytical process and it's fairly arduous. Like it's, yeah, it's in the sense of separated into questions, it's separate and pulled apart and and looking at themes and looking at sub-themes and all of those sorts of things. And then from that, once that analytical process has been done, I then create documentaries. Those documentaries are used in the workshops and the community get to unpack those documentaries and the stakeholders get to unpack those documentaries. And then from that, a written report is actually created. That written report comes to me. It's a further storyboard for me to be able to create a, um, a documentary report. So that's the process in a nutshell. We also actually identify what the most significant change stories are. So often there'll be, which is part of the workshop process. So, you know, they're the, the stories of significance that have come out of that. And we don't choose that. The communities choose that or the stakeholders choose what those significant stories are. And they become the flagship pro- stories of the program. And we'll often, what we do is we go back and we film those stories just as individual stories and they become a flagship story. And so they can use them as case study stories, they can use them as educational pieces, they can use them as advertising for their program, whatever, you know, they, they can use them for many things and, and they still do. Like I know that people, I mean, a story never dates, right, does it? <laughs> like as and like we still listen to stories that were created thousands of years ago, for goodness sakes, you know. Yes. Like they don't just date. They don't date. Programs date. Stories don't. Yeah, so that's the um, process in a nutshell. I just wanted to, to quickly chat about these. So you've very generously given me these two dragonfly, I will take a photo of them afterwards, pendants. Tell me about these. There's a story to them. 
Oh, there's totally a story. There's a bigger story behind them. <laughs> and it's pretty trippy, actually. The story is very trippy. <laughs> <laughs> we're going on a journey. A trip yeah, journey. We, we, we're going on a bit of a trippy journey, actually. So I've been doing some ancestral work lately. And in one of my meditations, a, a very old ancestor came to me and um, he gifted me a dragonfly. And so I've given you two dragonflies, so two silver dragonflies, and the dragonfly is the breaker of illusions. And I believe that as story catchers, we smash illusions. <laughs> so, you know, that is our job is to, to you know, really, yeah, smash illusion, break that illusion of, of what we think is happening to really hear what is happening. You know, I can't have every lived experience. That's not possible. But I can, through the stories of other people's lived experience, expand my compassion, my empathy and, and, and understanding. Absolutely. And then you can actually decide whether you want to go and live and learn and, and you know, embed yourself in that sort of story as well. Like it is through our stories that we learn how to be. So in conclusion, though, I wonder if you can share with us your be the drop tip. So the be the drop tip is for that top tip to connect and inspire, you know, if you to be the drop to motivate others to join your waterfall, whatever that might be, whatever that story is to come along with your story. What is that top tip to help others connect with with that drop to create a waterfall? I think I'd have to go with know your story, know your own story because, you know, in knowing our own story, we actually can have the courage to go forth and actually be and do whatever we want to do and be. But we can't do that if we don't know our story. So know your own story. And by knowing our own story, we have a greater ability to understand somebody else's story and have empathy for their story. Mm, I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.